Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Patrice Coulter with Coulter Cattle Company in Sandflat, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state of the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Environmental Protection Agency released a revised Waters of the U.S. rule. So what does that new rule mean for Texas? We'll look for an answer to that question coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With lawmakers going back to work on the farm bill, raising reference prices remains a key focus for agriculture. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll bring you a leading ag economist's thoughts on the need to adjust reference prices. A cattle contracts pilot program provides valuable marketing information to producers. I'm Tom Nicoletti. More on the program on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Environmental Protection Agency released a revised Waters of the U.S. rule to comply with a recent Supreme Court ruling on the issue. Texas A&M Ag Law Specialist Tiffany Dow-Lashmet says the biggest change was the elimination of the significant nexus test. I think that's right. I think that that's the most important change is that they just completely did away with this idea of the significant nexus test. You know, the other, I suppose big change that was included there, like I say, was they changed this definition of wetlands. And so what the court said, and now what this rule says is for a wetland to be covered, it has to have a continuous surface connection with a covered water. So it can't be, uh, you know, that there's a wetland nearby, or it can't be that there's a wetland that's separated by a road or a berm. Previously, under the rule that those types of wetlands were covered, but because of the Sackett case, that change was also made in this new rule. So what does this new WOTUS rule mean for Texas? Well, this is where it gets interesting, uh, as, as WOTUS so often does. Currently, right now, this rule won't go into effect in Texas. So it's set to be effective uh, as soon as it's published in the Federal Register, which should be soon here in the next I would guess, a couple of weeks. But because of pending litigation that's going on, 
around the rule that was you know announced in January before these amendments, there's an injunction in place in about half the states, including Texas. So until that lawsuit is dealt with and that injunction is lifted, this new rule actually won't be in effect uh, here in Texas and in about half of the other states. Now, practically speaking, understand that the Sackett case does affect the rules everywhere. So even though this specific rule won't technically be in effect, at least to the extent those Sackett ideas uh, are what we're worried about, that will be applied in Texas just because of that Supreme Court's ruling. Lashmet says that litigation could drag out for quite a while before we know exactly how this new rule will be implemented here. Well, I hate to be negative, but my guess is it's probably going to drag out for quite a while, as is the case with a lot of litigation. And remember, I think an important thing, because I've, I've had some people say, well, they've amended the rule, so won't that lawsuit just go away? Portions of that lawsuit were challenging the significant nexus test. Obviously, those arguments will be moot now, but there were other portions of the lawsuit challenging a number of different things about this rule, including kind of procedurally some things that were done. That won't go away. And so I don't anticipate these lawsuits being handled quickly. I anticipate all of this taking some time to sort out. That's Texas A&M AgriLife Ag Law Specialist Tiffany Dowell-Lashmet. Registration is now underway for the Texas A&M AgriLife's annual Texas Fruit Conference. The event will be held October 18th through the 20th in Fredericksburg. This year's theme is Thinking Outside the Box. The conference will include lectures, commercial fruit orchard tours, a fruit tasting reception, and a post-conference training on orchard and vineyard irrigation. Cost is $200 per person. A link to register is available on today.agrilife.org. That's today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The American Lamb Board has launched a new website for the sheep industry. American lamb producers can now turn to lambboard.com for resources on checkoff production, promotion, and other programs. Texas sheep producer David Fisher of Sonora sits on the American Lamb Board, and he says he's very proud of the work they're doing. I am happy with the work that's been done because Every time we get together, whether it be, you know, a conference call or a face-to-face meeting, everyone's engaged and we're working hard to try to do the best we can with the money the producers are, you know, that's coming out of their pocket and going into the lamb board. Again, that new website, lambboard.com. Lots of information there, including best practices for sheep productivity and efficiency, lamb quality, recipes, and premium items for local promotions in the American Lamb Board store. Lawmakers are going back to work on the farm bill. James Hunt tells us there is still a big need to adjust reference prices. With the U.S. House going back into session this week, both chambers of Congress will have returned from their summer recess with a lot of work ahead, including hopefully wrapping up a new farm bill sooner rather than later. One thing lawmakers heard repeatedly when they met with their agriculture constituents during the break is that the reference prices in the farm bill need to be raised. 
Texas A&M economist Joe Outlaw, who has worked with lawmakers for years on ag policy issues, gave me this rundown on why elevating reference prices is so necessary. The big deal is with input prices increasing dramatically, the reference prices are really too low to provide that much support. When cost of production was half of what it is now, the reference prices were in pretty good shape and they protected most of the costs. Where they are now, even though the costs have come down over the last year, the cost of production is higher than the reference price by a lot. And so whenever we do uh, have a little bit of shortfalls, it makes it where the producers aren't making any money. So the reference prices are absolutely needed to be adjusted. They haven't been adjusted since I helped set those things back in the 2014 Farm Bill. And obviously inflation has happened every year, but you know it takes Farm Bills where we actually kind of look at these things. So how much do reference prices need to be raised to make them effective? At least 20%. That's what they're really, really working hard to try to get to. But that's about $50 billion over 10 years. And, you know, they're piecing together the money, but so far no one's stepped up with a big pot of money to help out. My conversation with Dr. Joe Outlaw took place during a recent visit he made to Canyon to meet with producers. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Cattle Contracts Library pilot program is now up and running. Tom Nicoletti takes a closer look at the program. The Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2022 directed the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Marketing Service to create a Cattle Contracts Library pilot program. Melissa Bailey is AMS's Associate Administrator. She explains the program. So the Cattle Contract Library, so that's a pilot that AMS rolled out earlier this year, essentially providing information through a portal, I'll call it that, where we are posting things about negotiated contracts with respect to base price, premiums and discounts, so that there's increased visibility and transparency in the marketplace to producers about how cattle are transacting and how sort of prices end up in the marketplace. So that's just sort of the context. In terms of how it's going, we've received uh, positive stakeholder feedback um, in terms of its utility. At this point, we are just continuing to take in that feedback and see if any adjustments need to be made. So far, we're continuing to roll out what we have and haven't had to make any adjustments since the launch. Um, and we stand re- ready to hear from from the Hill, you know, who of course authorized the pilot, um, if, if they see foresee any changes that they would like us to make or um, if stakeholders see an adjustment that they would like that would make it more helpful for them. That is the Agricultural Marketing Services Associate Administrator, Melissa Bailey. To facilitate the Cattle Contracts Library Pilot Program data collection process, subject packers submit contract and volume information to AMS using a series of data collection forms identifying required information. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Another drawn hunt deadline is approaching. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And castration of young goats and lambs has a lot of benefits. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy. 
County neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Castration of young goats and lambs has a lot of benefits. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at some of those benefits. Castration can be performed during the first three weeks of life. Waiting until the animals are older increases pain and decreases healing. You will need two people to hold the animals for castration, and there are several methods currently used to perform the procedure. The Berdizo method involves using an instrument called a Berdizo. There is no bleeding, and this method is common with non-professionals. Using an elastrator band is also effective as a tight band is placed above the testicles to cut off the blood supply, causing the scrotum and testicles to fall off in about two weeks. The last method is using a knife to castrate the animals, and this method obviously causes bleeding. So if you have a fly issue, castrating with a knife may not be the best option. The technique is best performed by professionals and involves pushing the testicles toward the body wall and then cutting off the bottom third of the scrotum, and the testicles will descend out of the opening. To prevent bleeding, scrape the spermatic cord until it breaks, or preferably, Use an emasculator, which clamps and cuts the cord at the same time. This method is the least expensive, but also the most painful, and there is a greater risk of infection when using a knife. Lastly, regardless of the method you choose, tetanus and a toxin should be injected as sheep and goats are very susceptible to tetanus. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Another drawn hunt deadline is approaching. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. General deer hunting season is still a few months away, but Texas hunters may now enter a drawing to be selected to hunt deer at one of Texas state parks, wildlife management areas, or national wildlife refuges. It's all part of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Drawn Hunts program. Kelly Edmiston, TPWD's public hunting coordinator, says the deadline for a few hunts is approaching. September 15th is our general gun deer, either sex, gun deer management. Some of our national wildlife refuge deer, youth deer, you'll find some of that in September. We do have deadlines scattered throughout the fall. October 1st is the deadline to enter drawings for the NWR youth deer hunt, NWR deer antlerless or spike hunt, and the gun mule deer hunt. Additional details about each hunting opportunity, along with the success rate, number of permits available, and bag limit are on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. Edmiston says hunters can enter the drawn hunts on the TPWD website as well. We have a drawn hunt landing page 
and there's a big green button on that drawn hunt landing page that just says apply for hunts. If you have ever bought a hunting or fishing license in Texas, you have a customer number with us. That's the same number that we use for you to find yourself in our system and apply. Browse that catalog. You can hit that button. It says apply now. The system will take you to a screen that allow you to find yourself, which is usually your last name, your date of birth, and your customer number. And from there, you can just take right off. The system is very easy to negotiate. You can put yourself down. You can add people if you prefer hunting with a group or a family member. Again, if you can get their last name, their date of birth, and their customer number from their hunting license, you can add them to your application. We have an application fee in most cases of $3 for every adult you put on a card. You can include youngsters on the majority of our hunts at no charge. Again, you just have to have their information to add them to the card. John Hunt deadlines are the 1st and 15th of every month through November 1st. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market continues to climb higher and set new records. We'll take a look back at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market started the week off with a bang on Monday, climbing higher and setting new records. We're back into record territory in both live and feeder cattle futures. Here's how we closed it out Monday. October live cattle up a dollar, 184.22. December up 85 cents at 188.27. While February live cattle up another dollar two, closing at one ninety two seventy two. Here's the feeder cattle closes. September feeders up eighty seven cents two fifty six twenty two. October feeder cattle jumped two thirty to close at two sixty one forty five. With November up two twelve two sixty two seventy five. Cash fed cattle market quiet as it usually is on a Monday. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the Southern Plains at 180. That's about one to two bucks higher compared to the previous week. Up north, they sold dress cattle mostly at 290. That's mostly steady. Boxed beef prices were lower on Monday. Choice down 270 at 310.20. Select down 76 cents 285.29. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
Ken Jordan and I spoke last night about 10 p.m. when the sale was over. Ken, how'd the San Saba sale turn out? You bet, Larry. We had a real good sale today. I thought quality was extremely good from the top to the bottom. We ended up right at 2,450 head of cattle today. Uh, about 300 and, uh, I mean, about uh, 180 to 200 head of packer cows, about 20 bulls. That's some all good calves and yearlings. I thought of all uh, the sale today was very, very good. Uh, on the uh, stalker steers, I thought they are very strong, very active on uh, pretty well all the classes. The stalker steers probably sold five to eight dollars higher. Had a group of two steers weighed four eighty-eight, bringing two seventy-seven and a half at thirteen hundred and fifty-four dollars on four-weight cattle. And another really good set of uh, light six-weight steers, ten and a deal weighed six thirty-three, brought two dollars and sixty-nine cents. That dollar out those six-weight cattle seventeen hundred two dollars and some change. The stalker heifers I thought were four to ten dollars higher. The feeder steers were probably three to eight dollars higher. Had a group of eight steers uh, that weighed seven thirty-eight, brought a two dollars and forty-three cents pound, right at seventeen hundred ninety-three dollars, right close to eighteen hundred dollars on those seven-weight steers. And had another group of eight steers, real choice ones, weighed eight twenty-three, brought two twenty-five day, uh, right at eighteen hundred and fifty-two dollars on those. The feeder heifers I thought were five to eight higher. Had a group of heifers weighed uh, seven ninety-two at two and a quarter. They bought seventeen hundred eighty-two dollars on those seven-weight heifers. Overall, the packer cows and bulls were steady. Pairs and bred cows were steady also, Larry. Overall, real strong showing today coming after Labor Day holiday. Do you know of anything for Monday? Yes, we got several strings of cattle that are going to be there on Kez. That's our next Dr. Peter sale at Mason. So I look for a good run, probably at 11 to 12, 1300. Uh, we're kind of all excited down here next week, I think, after Monday. We've got a lot of cool weather coming, made some good chances of rain. We're really hoping that'll all happen, Larry. I do too. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. They can give us a call, Larry. Go 325 372 5159. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to me right this second on Texas Ag Today. Now back over to the futures market. Where lean hogs finished higher on Monday. October is up a dollar two, closing at eighty two fifty five. December hogs up twenty cents, seventy four sixty five. Class three milk was lower. September milk down nine cents, eighteen thirty nine a hundred weight. With October milk down forty seven, eighteen fifty four. Nice jump in the cotton market once again on Monday. We have a new USDA monthly supply and demand report coming out Tuesday morning. Traders seem to be anticipating a friendly report for the cotton market. We also saw a decline in the U.S. dollar. That helped out prices as well. October cotton up 256 points, 86.97. The December up 187 points at 87.78. With March cotton up 186 to close at 87.95. Not much news in the corn market. We did close slightly higher. September corn up two and three quarters, 471 and a quarter. December corn up two, 485 and three quarters, with March corn up two and a quarter, five dollars and a quarter cent. Russia continues to dominate the world wheat market, undercutting prices of everyone else. They cut prices once again, and that weighed on our wheat market on Monday. December Kansas City wheat down eight and a quarter, seven twenty-three and three quarters. December Chicago wheat down eleven and a quarter at five eighty-four and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas was unchanged, two sixty-one. October West Texas crude down twenty-seven, eighty-seven twenty-four barrel. The financial markets were higher on Monday afternoon. The Dow up eighty-six points, thirty-four thousand six sixty-three. The NASDAQ up 172 at 13,933. The S&P up 30 points at 4,488. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. 
I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.